The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this Tuesday morning, and uh, we got a show for you and a guest on the line ready to talk about something that needs to be dealt with. It should have been dealt with decades ago, actually. Uh, but we're going to bring that to the forefront this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the show, you can watch. Uh, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio and uh, one that's not. And uh, you can go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, go to the right side of the page, scroll down just a little bit, and you'll see the video going there uh, by the way. We are having to stream on my old YouTube. Bradley and I both are using my old YouTube channel for this week. I'll explain that in just a moment before I bring our guest on. Um, you can also catch this live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim. That's tied to my Periscope account, which is Setting Brush Fires. You can check out our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Beforeitsnews.com. Any of you guys wondering where the video went on Sons of Liberty? Well, it went to before it's news. It's always there every day, no matter what's going on there. We'll we'll get a channel going somewhere or another and put it up there. Before it's news.com, 6 a.m. every Monday, every weekday, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday at 8 a.m. And then Bradley's on Monday through Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Those times are Eastern Time. I'm Eastern, he's on Central Time. And then finally on DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Thank you, friends over there for joining us as well. And then if you're merging out in some of the new social media, Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.life, find us there at Sons of Liberty, or Sons of Liberty Media. And uh, we've got one other thing. If you want to call in, keep the keep the question or the comment to the topic at hand. Uh, we're going to be talking about CPS and uh, Planned Parenthood, the criminal organizations that they are working together now to intimidate pro-life Christian mothers who are protesting their abortion murder murder mills. And so if you want to call in and you want to do that, the number is 215-867-8255 or 215-TOP-TALK. 215-TOP-TALK, if you can remember that, uh, just give us a call. We'll be happy to take your call and good to hear from you. Let me, let me explain really quickly. We've been covering this issue on COVID. We've been covering the issue on the lies that underline this. Um, 
what what's going on there. We've been covering how you've been fleeced, the American people and people around the world. If you're listening, somebody is listening from the Philippines, um, wherever your country is, they've all acted together in what's going on here. And you've been fleeced trillions and trillions of dollars. And you're going to get fleeced more because they're talking about a second wave of this. And they're talking about it in the United States, a second stimulus. And so when we bring these things to the forefront, we've had videos removed. Even though there's scientific evidence for what has been said on air. With that said, we know that uh, our health and wellness expert on Saturdays, Kate Shimarani, has been targeted. Um, many of her videos have been pulled, even if she didn't make them. People had her on to talk about what's going on. She refers to the scientific papers to make her assertions. Um, and yet YouTube, and by the way, the CEO there, um, whatever her name is, Wajowski or whatever her name is, She's welcome to come on the show, but she's going to have to answer some questions as to how she determines World Health Organization is an authority that people can't question. Um, and they're removing those things. So they gave us a strike this past Saturday. You can go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can read that. Just put in Kate Shimarani. You'll see the last article that was up. You'll see the video because we put it out on a lot of platforms. And, fa- and YouTube is the only one pulling it. Now, Facebook may be shadow banning. But YouTube's the only one pulling. So they gave us a like a seven-day ban. So now we're on. You can catch us live at Setting Brush Fires over there. That Me and Bradley are on there for this week, and then we'll go back to the other one once we're off the ban. And if there's any attorneys out there who have actually, you're a pit bull and you actually want to go after something and you have some guys who will back you with media uh, and such, love to have your help. Just get in contact with us. Go to sonslibertymedia.com and hit the contact button, and we'd love to have your help because we need some guys who actually who actually believe in the law and believe that YouTube is violating the law when they're doing this. They're no longer a platform. They're acting as a publisher. They come out from under the protections of a platform. They're trying to straddle the fence. We need your help. All right, with that said, I have with me very early this morning, uh, live with me, Heather Hobbs, and we've had Heather on back in February And the issue that we talked about then was very similar. It's Planned Parenthood and CPS, Child Protective Services, were working together to extort abortions from pregnant mothers who went into Planned Parenthood offices for a free pregnancy test. Come to find out, when they said they didn't want the abortion, all of a sudden, mysteriously, CPS showed up at their house and said, well, if you can't afford a free pregnancy test, then how can you afford another child? They already had children. They came and took their children. They extorted them to have an abortion. I think a couple of them ended up having it. They still didn't get their kids back. We're talking about a we're talking about two criminal organizations. One's that one that murders babies. The other one that infiltrates families to kidnap kids out of good homes. And with that said, I want to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Heather Hobbs. Good morning, Heather. And I wait just a second. I I got to unmute you. I got you. I got you unmuted. So you may have to respond to that. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Yeah, good. I'm glad that you joined us this morning. And um, you've got some new information because you you finally made it out of Oregon. You were trying to get out of Oregon because they were targeting you. Um, you told us in the last interview Antifa was a part of that as well. And we're hearing yes. about we're hearing about them in the news. So tell people just a little bit about yourself. Um, I didn't give you a proper introduction, and I should do that. So let me do that before uh, you go on with this. Uh, she Heather Hobbs is a pro-life speaker, an advocate for life, a rape survivor, a domestic violence activist, a wife to an amazing husband, and mother of four based in Texas. 
She focuses on the so-called hard cases as she was urged and pressured by medical doctors to abort three of her four children. Can you imagine that? Ugh. And she speaks at events nationally and internationally. And uh, Heather, tell people a little bit about what's gone on since our last interview in February. You've, you've gotten out of Oregon. And, uh, and let's recap some of what we talked about before we get into this new stuff as far as what was going on out there in Oregon. Absolutely. So um, they actually never stopped calling, I learned, after we got out of there. Antifa continued to target us by these bogus CPS calls. The CPS worker that I actually had to talk to with our lawyer, she even admitted that, you know, these were bogus calls. And it was very frustrating because we had our children there. She insisted that in order to close the case, she had to see that her kids were okay. Uh, that I was okay, which implicated somehow that my husband may have been, you know, abusing us all to keep us quiet. And it was, it was very disheartening to see this woman pretend like she cared when in reality, we know that they don't care. And so while I was in the hospital, I, you already know this, but I had a, a very large mass that was connected to my thyroid and going towards my heart. And while I was in surgery, there actually was the first anonymous CPS call. I didn't know this until, you know, probably a week or two after the fact. And I was in surgery when they made that first call. And they said that Heather Hobbs, pro-life speaker, uh, that they knocked on my door and her children crying and being loud inside. And they're worried that the children are being neglected. Now, the reason why they couldn't do anything about that call is I was five hours north up in Portland for this surgery, as were my husband and children. So they couldn't do anything about saying there were children in the house because there were no children in the house when that call came through. The next call was while I was in the ICU and that call said that I was trying to poison and kill my baby with my breast milk. Now this was actually from a nurse within the hospital and the hospital wrote me an apology letter. My surgeon was really upset. Uh, this nurse went against what the pharmacy technician said she went against what the lactation nurse said. So essentially after a big surgery, you know that you have to have pain medicine, right? And before I accepted any pain medicine, I asked if it was safe while breastfeeding. And they said that there was not enough to transfer to the baby, that it was safe. The pharmacist, the pediatric pharmacist, she said it was safe. And of course, my my surgeon, he investigated and thoroughly researched to make sure it was safe. So we were able to debunk that, but that was, since it was a nurse, that one was the one that we actually had to answer to. And then we had to present all the evidence. Then there was another call while I was in the regular surgery recovery place. And that one said, Heather Hobbs, pro-life speaker, driving erratically on the interstate and children are unbuckled and jumping around the back seat. Well, of course, I was still in the hospital, so that one didn't apply either. Now, the other calls, I don't know exactly what they were. I know that they were, you know, various minor accusations. But the big thing was that there's a Twitter handle that says at join Antifa. Now, if you go on Twitter right now and go look up that account, it gets shut down periodically, but they are calling for anyone that is pro-life, anyone that is Christian, anyone that is a Trump supporter, anyone that doesn't agree with their values to call the police or call CPS on them. So for example, one of the posts that they made said, is your annoying neighbor a Trump supporter with a Trump sign in his yard? 
call the police and tell them that he's hitting his wife. Uh, there's other ones that say, do you know indoctrinated children that their parents are brainwashing them with Christian beliefs? Call CPS on them. And so there's all these various things that they're basically directly attacking anyone that's conservative, anyone that's on the right side. And there have been other ones that were on the left that now they've come to the right side because it, it's a complete and total submission to their ideals. So you're not considered a real Democrat if you don't support abortion. And we see that in Louisiana with uh, the governor who is pro-life. And then there is a mayor there that is pro-life, but they're Democrats. And so those people are being targeted. Now, what I found out was, is there's a, on the dark web, there is a, a list of some kind and that it is in each state. And if they feel like you are going to be a problem or are a problem, they'll dox you, which means that they're sharing your address, your email, your information uh, with other people on the dark web. And their sole purpose is if you make these lists that they're going to try to bring you down. And I happen to make the list in Oregon. And part of that was because I did speak at a Trump rally. I wasn't specifically speaking for Trump. I was speaking against those who support abortion. I was very specific on my wording to make sure that, you know, it, my focus was anti-abortion. And so this was an opportunity for me to share uh, the anti-abortion message, which is that abortion hurts women, it hurts men, it hurts families. And ultimately there is a child that dies as well. And so when it came to getting out of Oregon, it was primarily because, you know, I was getting anonymous calls. I had messages that said they hope that my two daughters are raped and forced to give birth. They, uh, I've had people say that my sons are going to end up being rapists and beating on their wives because of fake Christian values. So I've seen some pretty awful stuff. But for me, it's all worth it when I get to help that one woman the one who listens, the one who chooses life, and then the one who starts to believe in Jesus Christ. And those are the ones that I focus on when I get hundreds of these other hateful messages. And so when it comes to, to my advocacy, it's not just fighting against abortion. I'm fighting against human trafficking. I'm fighting against CPS corruption. I'm fighting against pornography and domestic violence and rape. Because oftentimes what people don't realize is all of these things go hand in hand. So when you're watching pornography, you know that you're corrupting the mind. You're seeing violent images, graphic images, and in turn, that affects us deeply. And oftentimes in the pornography industry, they make the women have abortions. Now, CPS is also demanding that women have abortions. As you know, you summarized, great, what happened in Oregon there were three women, two of them did aborts. I have not been able to reach or find the third woman that I was helping. She just kind of disappeared and went off the radar. But Oregon is a full-term abortion state. It's the only state in the entire nation that has zero restrictions on abortion. And so this woman could have ended up aborting and maybe she's ashamed or maybe she is in hiding to keep her children. Um, but the other women, they lost their children. They haven't gotten back. And the last time I heard, the, the third woman hadn't gotten back. And so they are, what, what's called a reunification plan is CPS makes this paper that says, you need to do this, this, this to get your children back or your child back. And so 
the two women went ahead and did the abortion. They never got their kids back. And so this is happening. It's popped up in Florida. It's popped up in Kentucky. And uh, this particular person that we're trying to help now with the show with you is in New Orleans, Louisiana. And this woman that we're trying to help, you know, her children are being targeted solely because she's speaking out against abortion. Okay. Yeah. And the thing, there's some people in the chat room, they couldn't believe what they were hearing about what we covered in February, that this extort, but this is how crime syndicates work. Uh, they work because they're after money and power, usually in one way or the other. Now with the issue, you know, you say people are, you say people are being targeted by Antifa in every state. And it's no wonder that you are there uh, on their list because of what you speak out on and where you speak out. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in uh, Psalm 91, uh, when everybody was running in fear over quote unquote coronavirus, which we know was blown way out of proportion, uh, out of proportion. Yes. Um, the, you're, you're one who runs, you're not running away from the fight. You're running towards the fight. And that's what we encourage here at the Sons of Liberty, not fear, but the, the courage that David had to say, you know what, I'm going to go to the giant. I'm going to go to him in the name of the Lord. He's got all this stuff that's scary and everything else. And he's a big guy, but I'm going to run to him because my God is bigger than that. And you're one of those kind of people, Heather, you're, you're a little woman and, but you go to, you go to the, you run to the fight. You don't run away from it. And I'm glad to see that. So with this said, we got a lot of time here. This you've got one particular lady we want to tell her story, but you're you told me the other night that uh, this is happening across the country. It's happening in several states where pro-life women who go outside uh, at least of Planned Parenthood, and we know that Planned Parenthood only. I mean, they're getting you know the bulk of everything as far as uh, what we see from government money. I think it was 2018 to 2019. They got the most money. From the government, it was unconstitutional money taking the American people's money to murder Americans here in in the states, and they murdered the most Americans in one fiscal year, according to their own documents. Now, with that said, what's going on there in Louisiana with this particular lady um, that that you wanted to, to to bring her story to the forefront? So this woman was connected to me by a friend who's based in Alabama and he reached out to me and asked my permission to help this woman who she took her kids to sidewalk council. Uh, for those of you that don't know what sidewalk counseling is, basically um, you would be outside of an abortion facility and you would be there to pray or to offer help to the women who are going in to have an abortion procedure. And this woman had went regularly with her children. And this, this is something that a lot of people do. A lot of people bring their kids to pray on the sidewalks and to help the women offer them, you know, a place to stay, food, baby diapers, whatever it is that they need. These people stay there willing to do everything they can as that last, you know, potentially way out for that woman. Because most women or teenage girls they're not having abortions just for the fun of it because they're evil minded or evil hearted. A lot of these women, A, are brainwashed from decades of expensive marketing by Planned Parenthood abortionists and lobbyists. But also, this is the last line of defense. And a lot of these women, they don't really want to do it. It's fear based, whether, you know, it's my boyfriend might leave me, I might lose my job, I'm going to end up homeless, I can't go to college. 
these are oftentimes the reasons why women are having abortions. And then, as you know, I was raped when I was 19, and that's how I conceived my first child. People use stories like mine, like my first three children who had, you know, one had a fatal diagnosis, the other one I said was a threat to my life, and then, of course, my oldest that was conceived and raped. People go after children like mine to justify aborting, and that's on the, the bigger scale is cases like mine are less than 1%. Now, mind you, that's still over 32,000 babies a year, so it's not a tiny number. But the vast majority of abortions are, you know, as I said, it's I might lose my job, I might end up losing my boyfriend, or whatever it is. Now, this woman had her children there. It is within her rights to teach her children Christian values, to teach them that abortion is wrong. My own children know what abortion is, you know, and I don't show them any kind of graphic videos. I'm not showing them anything that's going to really impact them in a way that they're fearful, but they do know that there are doctors out there that kill babies in the mom's bellies. And that's, that's what they know about it. And they know that's what I fight against. And so this woman had her kids there. She's within her rights. She's teaching her children good values and the abortionist, the abortion mill, they're calling CPS saying that, uh, for example, one time they said that they've been out there for many hours with no food and water and it's hot. Well, the woman proved that they had only been there for 15 minutes. They had water, they had snacks, they had those little fold-up chairs with the umbrellas on top. Her children were taken care of. And so then they went with, uh, they're calling, they're showing graphic violent pictures. Well, these are abortion pictures. So are you admitting that they're graphic and violent? And that what you are doing is graphic and violence? I agree. I agree. They should expose. In fact, we're called to do such a thing, Heather. Uh, the Bible tells us in uh, Ephesians that we're to expose the works of darkness. And the old saying, if the ears won't hear it, show it to the eyes. And I know a lot of people have taken that route to begun putting uh, the pictures of children who've been murdered by abortionists. I call them paid hitmen. That's what they are. They're psychopaths. Because yes. they do tens of thousands of these things every year. How do you, you know, we, you and I talked about it. And I get the sentiment that some young women have been lied to. Oh, this is just a piece of flesh. They're not seeing what's going on. And I get yes. that if they don't have a biblical foundation of what it means to, you shall not kill. You, know, you shall not murder. That's how the King James, but you shall not murder. So and you, if, you shall not have sex outside of marriage. Well, that's a part two. That's a part two. Um, so we, we have all of these things in place. And I, I think everybody understands a desire, uh, the desires that men and women have. We understand that. And that's an issue of self-control. But when you come into this, now all of a sudden this indoctrination comes in. Uh, for many of these young women, uh, they haven't been taught the law of God. doesn't make their crime any less than what it is before God. Let's admit that, mm -hmm. that it isn't. But we can understand that. And then there are others who know exactly what they're doing, and they do it anyway. And some of them do it for, you know, murder the child for 200 bucks. And, and it's not just murder. It's not just somebody walked up and it was, I, I guess I want to say painless. I've never been through it. But put a gun to somebody's head mm -hmm. and shoot them it's in the head. It's it, it, what they go through is yes. horrific. I mean, being ripped apart limb by limb. I agree. Or burned, burned to death with uh, saline solution in the uterus. 
being slowly poisoned through a pill. It's absolutely, it's inhumane. I always tell people, they say this is a women's rights issue, but I tell them it's not. It's a human rights issue. And these children are the ones that are being horrifically killed. I mean, when you think about terrorists and you think about how they torture slowly these people, they kill them slowly. That is what is happening to these babies in the womb. And you're totally right. The doctors or so-called doctors, they see what they're pulling out. They know. They've seen the hands and the feet and, you know, they've tried to keep them intact even. We see that in California. If you haven't looked at the news recently about David Delighton, he was able to get the okay to share these videos, but he was an undercover uh, medical company and he did it for a few years and he got endless hours of these directors and bosses of Planned Parenthood now admitting that they sold the baby's body parts, that there was incentives for getting, you know, further along gestations and, you know, getting the hearts, even having them alive and keeping them alive. That way they can harvest the organs that they need uh, at the, the most fresh capacities, the way that they said it. And so, yes, I mean, these so-called doctors know what they're doing. And for me, I personally advocate for once we get abortion made completely illegal for any reason in the United States, that we go after them hard, that they go to prison for life, just like any other murder. And that, you know, if there's a teenage girl and that she went and did this, that she has to pay a hefty fine and go to classes and learn about the facilities that are available to her and the nonprofits that are in the area and where she can get medical care for free, as well as learning about the baby and what they feel. You know, we, they have science that shows they feel pain as early as eight or nine weeks now. And a lot of people, you know, thought that they didn't feel anything until they were over 25 weeks. So when we look at the way medicine and science has changed since Roe v. Wade happened, it, for me, it's just, it blows my mind that people can't see that. Back when it passed, they didn't have the super detailed imaging for the mothers to see. And it wasn't quite like it is now where you can just get on the internet and look these things up. And so you look at it, when it passed, the information's outdated now. We know that they're pain capable. We know that they feel joy in the womb, that they feel scared when there's a loud noise. We know that they have the capacity to think based on their surroundings and dream. And the big thing is that they feel so much pain that my third child, uh, Gideon, he was 27 weeks gestation. He was a fatal diagnosis. And when I was in the NICU, I wasn't allowed to stroke him at all. You know, when you hold a baby and you just kind of want to rub their head or rub their arm, hold their little hands. I wasn't allowed to do that. And the reason why is they said that very premature babies at, you know, 23 weeks to 30 weeks, their nervous system is underdeveloped. And so when you stroke them or touch them, it's actually overwhelming for their system, the stimulate, you know, stimulating touches. And what it does is it's painful for them. And so I ended up crying the first time that I had rubbed my, I took my one finger and rubbed his little arm. Oh, I think we lost Heather. Uh... Okay, uh, we'll see what's going on here. I don't know exactly what happened with Heather. Uh, okay, there she she's there, but we don't have any voice. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. 
uh, but the, okay. the, the, for whatever reason, the, um, the video is froze up. So let me, I don't know what's going on here, uh, but the video is froze up here. Um, okay. well, I can, you know what, Heather, I can agree with that. We're, we're kind of stuck with your video here. I, do you want to try to dial back in and then we'll finish up with that and I'll just make, Oh, there we go. Now we're clear. Um, one of the things that, you know, I can identify with that is, um, for people out there, you know, look, I'm a bastard child. I am. Um, my, my mother was in nursing school. She was a straight A student. Uh, she got pregnant. She was not married. And, uh, in God's providence, she didn't kill me. Um, this was in 1969 and my parents, I've always referred to them as, as my parents. I've never went and looked for my birth mom or any of this other stuff. People say, well, that's a little weird. Well, when you're two months old and you're adopted, your parents are always your parents. They love you. They care for you and all this other. And the thing you were saying about terrorists, I, I often point out to people, I said, you people are shocked when you watch some of these videos. Some of them I struggle to even watch through where you watch Islamists or you watch Mexican cartels do what they do to people. It is it is unthinkable. I mean, it, it, it is just unthinkable what they do. And yet, day after day, hundreds or thousands of little, the most innocent in our society yeah. have worse done to them under the, the term legal. It's not lawful. It's legal. You, people, you got to understand the difference between that. Legal is covering up something that you know is unlawful and trying to appeal to you that it's right. That's what it is. And, um, and, mm-hmm. and my mom didn't do that for me. Uh, you didn't do that for your kids. You could have took the approach that, that a lot of the quote unquote pro-life uh, people uh, in politics will say, oh, well, if it's rape or if it's incest, we can do that. Well, no, it's still a life. And you know what, Heather? I'll go, mm-hmm. fur- I'll go a step further. You know, you talked about pain and things. I think this goes back to the Creator. We have in the Declaration of Independence, our Creator has endowed us with certain rights. Whether we feel pain or not, there are people who don't feel pain who are my age. They have problems with their, their, um, their nervous system. They don't feel pain in certain areas of their bodies. Does that mean we can off them? No, it doesn't, because all life is precious. And the only way you really get to this issue is to say life starts conception. Nobody can prove it starts anywhere else but concept. We have to assume that. And so, therefore, every life is precious. It's not to force people to have children. It's like what you said before. If you're a single, if you're a single woman, don't have sex with somebody. You say, well, what about if they're raped? What about the incest? Okay, well, let's start taking the responsibility of that as a community of the church, and I'm talking about the people of God, the ones who say mm-hmm. they believe God. Let's start taking care of these women instead of, you know, looking at them as though they're dirty, filthy, whatever term you want to use. Let's start caring for them. This is one of the things, you know, I disagreed with a lot of Jerry Falwell's theology. But this is one area, boy, where he put it he put it in uh, shoe leather, as one of the old preachers said. He would take these women in. He would take um, other people that, you know, he pointed out the sins and stuff. He would, he would care for them and show them love. And I think that's what's missing probably in the church today is we don't have genuine love for the person, understanding that, that we're sinners too, and calling them to repentance and showing them the same mercy that God has shown us. But I'm with you on the other. Uh, I would take it a little farther. I told you the other night, uh, yes. we could have a, we could have a community rock party with some of these, um, uh, abortion doctors, as far as I'm concerned. And I think it would be biblical justice instead of, you know, fleecing us and holding our property hostage and thing to take care of them. But you've got this one lady, okay, down in Louisiana. Tell us a little bit about her story. 
So as I, as I said before, and I got a little bit off track thinking about these little babies suffering. Um, so this woman in Louisiana, she has been going to the sidewalks and basically, you know, preaching the gospel. Her kids are there praying with her and they keep calling CPS, the, this abortion facility. Now it's not a planned parenthood, which I, I initially thought it was. This is another abortion facility. It's not Planned Parenthood, but they do provide all the same services. And so this woman who got called on, she said, well, if my children are in danger because of the graphic images and it's scary because that was kind of their thing is that's too graphic and dangerous and hurtful for children to see. Well, she says, well, first of all, doesn't that imply that what you're doing is bad and dangerous and scary? Also, they said that the abortion workers sometimes bring their kids in or that these women having abortions will bring their kids in. And so she had a really good point. If I'm out here and it's not appropriate for kids on the sidewalk, why is it appropriate for kids to go inside? What, what's, what's the big difference there? And so this woman and, and people that are at the sidewalk with her, they are fighting the CPS calls. And what's awful is that this is becoming a national problem. And there are women having abortions. The, the women in Oregon who I was helping, they were pro-choice, you know, air quotes, choice. And they now are starting to believe that, you know, Maybe that that's the wrong side to be on. And I hate to say this because, you know, I believe that my father in heaven is all loving and fair and gentle. And he's been there with me through the hardest times of my life. You know, I was raised in not really the best household. My mom, uh, she does witchcraft and tarot cards. And so I was raised in this very atheist slash witch, you know, evil environment. And I was raised to believe that abortion was a woman's right. I I mean, I didn't think that I would ever have one, but at the same time, there were the reasons, like if I was raped, I would have an abortion. If I, you know, if my life was in danger and the doctor said I was going to die, then I would have an abortion. But ultimately that's not what happened. And ultimately my, my first child is the one that brought me to Jesus Christ. And so what this woman is going through is she's being persecuted because of her beliefs, she's being persecuted for trying to help women. And the way she's trying to help is through sharing the truth. That's what it is. People don't want the truth to be heard. And that's what this woman is doing. Satan is very much, very much involved with the abortion industry. He knows that motherhood is a sacred, sacred thing. That when you have a baby growing inside you, you I mean, for me, I never felt closer to God than the times that I was pregnant with my children because you are being entrusted with one of his children. That's huge to know that you're being entrusted with his children. No, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, Heather, we, we've got somebody in the in the um, in the comment section in the chat room that says, you know, sometimes the people in the church become the meanest, most judge uh, judgmental people that uh, he's ever met. And I agree, sometimes that can be, but sometimes when you look, if you take Jesus, he always brought the law to bear. He always did that. And for those that he would speak to, like, let's, let's take, um, and people say, 
the the story of the woman caught in adultery is not is in the original scriptures. Okay, whether it is or not, let's just stop and think about that for a second. What he did was he addressed the religious hypocrites there. He addressed them first. He didn't do away with the death penalty people. Read Mark 11 if you don't think that. He was for the death penalty for um, those who would dishonor their parents. And he wasn't talking about little toddlers. He wasn't talking about little kids who were growing up and they, you know, pitch a tantrum tantrum or something like that. He was talking about grown people dishonoring their parents, speaking bad about them, not taking care of them. He addressed it specifically the religious hypocrites who said, our money is for God. We're not going to take care of our elderly parents And, and those kinds of things. He specifically dealt with that. And uh, and then when he deals with the woman in adultery, he, he addresses the hypocrites first because they don't follow the law. They don't bring the man with her. They say she was caught in the very act, so they knew who the man was. They don't bring him there. And then when all of them walk away, he doesn't say, well, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Nobody's here to condemn you. He does ask, is there anybody to condemn you? And she says, there's none. He goes, well, I'm not condemning you either. But he looks at her and he says, go and sin no, go more. And sin no more. Don't stop violating the law. He didn't let her off the hook. He just said, quit sinning. Stop your sinning. And so in that way, there was a a sense of mercy. And so I agree with the commenter who said, yes, sometimes there's a judgmentalism which won't let any of that go, which is not ready to forgive, which is not ready to show mercy. That That is not the Christ. And yet there is on the same side of that, the same Jesus who told that woman that, looked at the religious hypocrites and he says, woe to you, you brood of vipers. All of this kind of destruction is coming to you because of your hypocrisy. So there's there's two sides to this. And I don't want people to get off and think that we're just, oh, well, we just want to shed blood in the street. That is not the issue at all. But I'm going to tell you what, those who are engaging in this kind of behavior need to be dealt with. Now, when you have this woman here in Louisiana, she's simply going out on the street, right? Uh, somewhere around the abortion clinic. Like, like, yeah, like, like many of, like many people do and they hold up a sign. They may pray. They may speak out. They may talk with some of the women who are going, who are trying to go in and say, Hey, you know, don't murder your baby. You know, God doesn't want you to do that. Uh, how can we help you? They offer services. They preach the gospel to them, call them to repentance, all these kinds of things. It's not anything that hurts anybody. It's, it's really part of a protection they have as a, as a, a person who has inherent uh, inalienable rights by God to have free speech and practice their religion. This is part of practicing the Christian religion is to call people to repentance. This is happening. What are the steps that's being followed from there? How is how is Planned Parenthood and CPS involved in this lady's life um, that's causing so much of a problem for her? Well, so this this is actually not a Planned Parenthood facility. This is another abortion mill. Um, and so that for me is a bit more disturbing because I already knew that Planned Parenthood was involved in Oregon and in other states. But to know that now the other abortion mills are doing the same thing, that they are getting children taken away, that they are tearing families apart, you know, ultimately it makes me have this thought that they really don't care about children. I mean, just just go to the fact that, you, okay, they're murdering these innocent babies, but now they're also destroying the lives of born children. So there are pre-born and born children that are being destroyed by these industries. And it's it's a wonder to me that they're still open when science proves that abortions are dangerous for women. 
There is no situation where if a, a mother's health is in danger, that you stop giving her the care for whatever the health issue is to go and kill her child. That doesn't exist. It's not, it's not going to happen. There is no murder the baby first. So when it comes to this woman, she is being targeted. You know, they're sharing her information online. She needs a, a lawyer of some kind. She needs to have a community there that's willing to stand up for her, you know, and she wants to come out and share her story. She is going to come out with her name and everything else once I'm able to help find her a lawyer. Because the big thing is, is if she goes public now, she runs the risk of getting a gag order put on her. She also runs the risk of getting more retaliation because, you know, CPS is already, as you and I know, very corrupt. And that in part was because of the Clinton administration. They incentivized taking children. They incentivized adopting children out. So not only are we getting money for taking children, but after you've kept them as long as the limits allow in that state, you now get a huge federal amount for um, adopting out the child. And you and I both know that there is the Hyde Amendment, which says that government dollars, taxes, they can't be used on abortion. Well, the loophole in Oregon is that that money goes to Medicaid and then Medicaid pays for the abortions. And they also include illegal immigrant abortions in that and out-of-state abortions. And so this woman, you know, who knows what what the the system is like in Louisiana, but I do know that, you know, oftentimes Medicaid will pay for an abortion. And so these these people, they say, well, if you can't afford a pregnancy test, how can you take care of your kids? How can you feed them? Now they're expanding to the people on the sidewalks, you know, where at first they're attacking the women that have a positive test and then they leave. Now, mind you, I'm sure some of them aren't even against abortion. They're probably like, I'm going to go think about it. And of course, what the abortion mills get is that CPS can tell them to go have that abortion. So they're going to get that abortion most likely. And if they don't, CPS gets a newborn baby, which is a hot commodity. You know, the CPS and human trafficking go hand in hand. We have thousands of kids missing from foster care as young as three years old up to teenage. A lot of times when they do these prostitution stings, they find missing foster kids. So this woman clearly does not want her kids to go in the system because once they're in the system, it can be near impossible to get your kids back, even with a good lawyer. And so what I've told her is don't talk to them without a lawyer present. Don't let them into your home because there's a, a woman that I helped recently. She had a baby with Down syndrome. Her husband was wearing a, a Christian shirt. It said something about Jesus on it. They said that they felt he was a danger. They called CPS. She took her baby with Down syndrome home. She has a bunch of other kids at home. And she thought what most good Americans are going to think. I have nothing to hide and I'm going to just let them in and everything will be fine and we'll move on. That is what most Americans are going to do is they think it's not a big deal. I didn't, I don't hurt my kids. I don't abuse my kids. Well, the reality is for that woman that she had a basket of clean laundry on her couch and she had a few dirty cups on the side of the sink. Because, you know, heaven forbid, we don't wash every cup right after we use it. Heaven forbid we leave clean laundry in a basket when you have a lot of kids. So CPS took her kids saying that it was not sanitary, that it was dirty and messy. That, that to me, 
is just horrific. So never let them in your home unless they have a warrant. And so I, what I hope that people take from this show and with this woman is that you need to act like they're out to get you. Even if they seem like they're a good person, even if you feel like you can trust them, their job is to get the kids. Their job is to meet certain quotas. Their job is to help the state, not help you. And I really loved what my husband said about this. You know, he is, he is the rock. He is the head of our household. I am very, very much for the traditional family. And my husband said, CPS shouldn't get a dime when they adopt a child out to foster care. They shouldn't get a dime for every child they take. They should get bonuses for the successful reunification, meaning when they are able to get a child back to their parents and get them in a good system, get them whatever services, then that's why they should get money. But they should never have incentivized taking kids or adopting them out because what what happens when you give money for taking kids away? People are going to want more money. People are greedy. And so this woman in Louisiana, she is fighting tooth and nail to keep her kids. She is not doing anything wrong. She's trying her best. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of people trust the system and the system isn't there to help parents. It's not. It's there to help the state. Nope, you're you're exactly right. I'm thinking of so many things when you're saying that. I am thinking of uh, the cops on the side of the road who sit there and they catch you for speeding while murderers and thieves and all kinds of other actual criminals are going yeah. loose. They're agents of state of the state to steal your money. That's what they're there for. And by the way, uh, if you can find a good uh, a person who's understandable about uh, equity law. That's your best bet because that goes right back to the simplest thing. It goes back to to really what the law of God is. And if you can find somebody to do that, you're much better off than you are getting an attorney going to get in case law and legalese and all this other stuff. Because what they really get down to is, was there a crime here? Did somebody get hurt? Was there property damaged? Um, And when you do that in the abortion issue, yes, people were hurt. Women were hurt. There is – Abby Johnson has made the the statement there is no – such thing as a legal and safe abortion. It's unlawful and it's unsafe for baby, obviously, and for mom. And so you've been bringing out some of that to the forefront as well. Now, when we deal with uh, some of this other stuff, I think it's good advice to to let people know if CPS comes to your door, uh, let's give some people some practical things. I know one of the things, see, when, when we had to deal with CPS over nine months, I didn't know. And so even the attorney that we had, that we spent $3,200, who really didn't do anything for us. I mean, he really didn't do anything for us. He said, oh, I'm going to help you out with this, that, and the other. He didn't do anything for us. We had to endure the whole thing. And this guy was a Christian, uh, or he claimed to be a Christian. And so uh, I learned a lot in that time. And I will never let CPS in my door without a warrant. And even if they have a warrant, it better be there better be something legitimate there because what we have going on is they are targeting us and they're targeting us as Christians because we're opposed to their whole thing. When you talked about uh, the things um, uh, your husband mentioned, I agree with you. It should be on the positive side, not on the negative side. But I even question why we have CPS in the first place. I think that the problem is the church has lost its salt. It's become unsalty. And Jesus says when it gets to that point, it gets thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. 
We've lost the idea that the church is the moral compass because it is the guardian of the truth, and that is what God's word is. And because well, look where our country's at right now. Look yeah. at look at what's happening in the streets, and it's because they've taken God out of the schools, out of the government. They're sitting here destroying history all around the nation, you know, ruining statues. I'm sorry, that to me is one of the things I'm most passionate about. When we took God out of the equation, that's when our country started going downhill. Yeah, I think we were already starting in that direction. I would say even before that, uh, Lincoln came in and he had Marxists in his administration. There was violation of the Constitution then. Then it became to where we became a socialist country, unlike President Trump says. We became that in 1913 with a a central bank. Our founding fathers, the majority of them, Alexander Hamilton was for it, but we, we became that. So we then we start funding. With a central bank, you can fund whatever you want because you can print money out of thin air. And so a lot of this stuff that gets funded, whether it's uh, whether it's the abortions, um, whether it is other unconstitutional spending, we look go beyond the abortions. We go to unconstitutional wars and things that gets funded through that. And the people won't stand up because, well, it's not affecting them. Their bellies aren't going hungry. It isn't their people, uh, their family members being slaughtered. When it comes down to that, then the people will stand up and they'll say, oh, we're not having that. But here's here's the thing, people. You can't wait till that point because at that point, they have the upper hand over you. You've got mm-hmm. to stand up against it now. You've got to demand an end to abortion. And then, let's, let's make this, Heather, you have to be willing to do something that might inconvenience you. You might have to take one of these women in for seven, eight, yeah. nine months and care for them so that they can have that baby. You might even have to adopt those children. I mean, me and my wife looked at it. We had eight or nine at the time. And we were actually looking at adopting a child, and even from a Christian agency over in Charlotte, North Carolina, to adopt a what's called a minority child was twenty grand. And if you wanted, you know, a, a white child, I hate to even use those kinds of terms. But if you wanted that, it was more money than that. And that was from a Christian organization. You're like, I could take care of the girl in my own house, give her a room, and then call in a midwife for less than half that cost and feed her yeah. every day. So some of the things that we have to change as the church, as believers, we've got to change. We can't call on the the world to change doing what it's doing. It just does what it does. And the big thing is preparedness. I mean, we we just moved into our house uh, about a week, week and a half ago or so. And we have, like, I've already got a sectional couch in our upstairs living room that has a pull-out memory foam queen bed. I've got uh, a trifold, which basically there's three sections that fold together, and that's another memory foam queen bed. My kids have an extra bed in each bedroom. And the reason why I have all these beds is if I come across a woman, I want to have stuff readily available for her. I want to I have a bed for her, or if there's a couple of women that need a bed, if they need stuff for their kids, I have stuff here. I have extra hygiene products. I have extra you know, towels and all of these things, extra food. Being prepared, we are blessed by the Lord when we do these preparedness measures. You know, when it comes to this time when everything's in a frenzy, we have a lot of food stored. We have fresh water stored. We have medicine stored. And so we are blessed when we also prepare for the others that may potentially need our help. And there, there's actually a, a baby that we almost adopted. But the mother ended up, after she was born, deciding she wanted to be a mother. And so what we did after that was we helped her get 
babysitting. We helped her get a job. We helped her get enrolled in community college. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, wasn't that hard because you wanted the baby? And I said, well, it's hard because, you know, I love all kids, but the same breath, I want parents to be parents because that is what helps us grow as a person. I mean, I, I was a completely different person as a teenager up until I had my child. I wore clothes that were not modest by any means. I did a lot of wild things with, you know, other kids that were doing bad things. And I tell people if I didn't have a child, I didn't have someone to be better for. I didn't have someone else relying on me. And so Satan attacks us through our fertility. He doesn't want us having kids because we try to be better when we have someone else counting on us most times. And so when you and I are talking about, you know, the church and, you know, fighting against the corruption, it it doesn't matter to me what faith you are because killing and murder, it's in the Ten Commandments. And any faith that follows the Ten Commandments, you know, if you support abortion, you're in violation of that. You need to be held accountable for that. And repentance is a beautiful thing. We have the atonement available for all. And we all can be forgiven. But A, it takes a sincere, humble heart to do that. But it also, you need to lead by example. If you are a Christian, you need to show these women what a good Christian family actually is. And that is what's going to help plant the mustard seed. So you need to make sure that you're reading your scriptures every day. You're praying every day. You need to have yourself prepared to help these people. And that's what I do. You know, people say, oh, you're five feet tall and you're so little. And aren't you scared when you go here? And, you know, I've had death threats and hate mail and people threatening to rape me and just all kinds of stuff. But I'm not fearful of that because I know that this is God's calling for me to fight against abortion, to fight against human trafficking and to stand up for his children. And no matter what happens to me, whether I'm hurt doing this or whether I'm killed doing this, I'm not scared because nothing is as bad as my life was without the Savior. There's nothing bad that can happen to me now that, I, that I've accepted him to where I need to be scared because I know him. I have a relationship with him. And that's what we need. Everyone out there. You need to get yourself right with God to be able to help other people. I agree, Heather. Heather, we got about 30 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you and where they can catch you on on different uh, social media platforms in the web. Um, Yes. So Facebook, uh, my name is Heather Hobbs. It's a speaker page. It's a public figure page. I have Twitter, which I'm not very active on, but it's um, Hobbs Pro-Life. I have a website, heatherhobbs.org, and I also have a a phone specifically for these cases. So if you have a woman in need, or maybe you're in need, uh, that number is 541-892-6664, and we'll help you get whatever you need. All right. That's Heather Hobbs. Thank you, Heather, for joining us very early in the morning. Guys, Rotten to the Core Wednesdays on tap tomorrow, 23 hours. Lynn Taylor, see ya.